All right, so welcome back to our study in systematic theology. We are tonight we are looking at uh, number 41 of 60. We are looking at justification by faith alone. Uh, last time we looked at effectual calling, and next time we'll be looking at saving faith. So we'll follow kind of our usual format here. By way of introduction, I'm going to read a, an article that's uh, pertinent to the subject. Uh, then we'll, uh, we'll pause and we'll take a look at our video. Then we'll come back together. We'll go through our overview sheet and discussion questions and hopefully have some good discussion. And then we'll also look at what our um, confession has to say on justification by faith alone. Uh, and there's you know, pretty much an entire chapter dedicated to this in our confession. So um, we'll, we'll move through that pretty quickly, but I will give scripture references uh, for those who would like to do a little more reading and research uh, later on. All right, so let's, uh, let's start by looking at, um, looking at our article here, Justification by Faith Alone. There's a reference here to Galatians 2, 14 through 16, um, but I'm going to just quote uh, verse 16 to kick us off. We also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Right. It was not inconsequential for Peter to go from eating with the Gentile Christians at Galatia to avoiding believers who did not keep circumcision, kosher, or other similar parts of the law. See Galatians 2, 11-13. Such actions divided Jesus' followers according to their fidelity to the Mosaic law, thereby removing Christ and his work as the defining mark of the new covenant community. Plainly, this was not Peter's intent. Still, his acts called into question Christ's sufficiency. And so Paul rebuked him publicly, lest others be led astray. Verse 14, and also 1 Timothy 5, 19 and 20. Augustine says, Paul did this, that everyone might be bettered by his rebuke. That's from the Ancient Christian Commentary on Scripture, New Testament, Volume 8, page 37. The English Standard Version ends Paul's rebuke at Galatians 2.14. But since the original Greek has no quotation marks, his words to Peter may not end until verse 21. Either way, today's passage begins a transition from Paul's defense of his office, chapter 1, uh, verse 11 through chapter 2, verse 14, to his exposition of faith, chapters 3 and 4. Of central import here is justification being declared righteous in God's sight. The Judaizers said we are right before our Creator through faith in Jesus and our obedience to the law. But for Paul, this amounts to our being justified by our own efforts. As John Calvin comments, chapter 2, 14 through 16 shows that either nothing or all must be ascribed to faith or to works. For Peter to imply in his actions that Gentiles must live like Jews to be true Christians was hypocritical because even he, a Jew, did not live like a Jew, verse 14. He actually knew from experience that all who rely on their own works of the law for justification will fail every time, Acts 15, 6-11. If even Paul and Peter, Jews who had the oracles of God, Romans 3, 1 and 2, could not obey the, these oracles, how could they rightly lay the burden of the Mosaic law, the yoke of the Torah, upon Gentiles? 
But Paul does not argue merely from experience. All of Scripture points to the inability of Israel to be declared righteous through the law. Joshua 24, 19, Acts 7, 51 through 53. And an ability rooted in sin, not in the Torah itself. Romans 7, 7. A more detailed look at the works of the law, the ground of justification, and so on will come in due time. Before we press on, however, we see clearly that we are declared righteous before God through faith in Jesus alone. Galatians 2, 15 and 16. Okay, I hope that serves as a good introduction to our topic, justification by faith alone. Uh, let's pause now and watch our video. All right, so we've just finished watching our video. Now let's, uh, let's go ahead and go through our overview sheet and look at our discussion questions before we get into our confession. So number 41, justification by faith alone. Introduction. So significant is the doctrine of justification by faith that it provoked the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Here we define justification and its necessary components. Overview. Luther called election the heart of the church, yet he is known primarily as the recoverer of sole fide, justification by faith alone. While the formal cause of the Reformation was the authority of the church, the material cause was justification. The doctrine of justification answers the essential question, what must I do to be saved? The divine justice of God appears to argue against a doctrine of justification at all. You cannot work harder, that would be legalism, for no one is made righteous by good works. The gospel is indeed good news because it delivers man from the judgment of God's law. Justification is how God declares a person righteous. We are justified sinners. Is this a legal fiction? Justification is by faith alone. According to the Roman Catholic Church, the instrumental cause of justification is baptism. However, according to Reformed theology, the instrument is faith. Mortal sin destroys justification in the Roman system, but through the sacraments and penance it can be restored. So Rome really has two causes of justification, baptism and penance. The 16th century struggle really came down to the difference between infusion and imputation. The righteousness of Christ for us, not in us, is the key to our justification. When he was on the cross, Christ was being punished for our sins, not his. Imputation is the legal transfer of our guilt to Christ and then the transfer of Christ's righteousness to us. All right, review questions. According to Roman theology, what is the instrumental cause of justification? Faith. Without faith, we cannot take hold of Christ, excuse me, of Christ or his benefits. Is the concept of being simultaneously justified and a sinner a legal fiction? No because we are declared righteous by God on the basis of Christ's merit, we may accurately refer to believers as justified sinners. Justification is an act of God whereby he declares unjust sinners to be just after he has what? Imputed to them the righteousness of Christ. 
The Reformers insisted on the imputation of the perfect obedience of Christ being our basis for justification. According to Rome, how many instrumental causes of justification are there? Two. According to Rome, initially it's the sacrament of baptism. But if one loses the grace of justification, then the sacrament of penance is needed to regain it. The Protestant view is that faith is the only instrumental cause of justification. In Rome's view, how can justification be lost? By committing a mortal sin. As affirmed by the Roman Catholic Church, mortal sin is serious enough to kill the justifying grace that is possessed in the soul, and therefore he loses the grace of justification. It can only be restored by the sacrament of penance. What phrase captures the concept of our sins being counted to Christ and his righteousness being counted to us? A double transfer, double imputation or transfer, best explains the process of justification. God credits our sin to Christ and God credits Christ's righteousness to us. All right, so let's look at our discussion questions. What was the formal cause of the Reformation? I'm asking for the formal cause of the Reformation. So the formal cause of the Reformation would have been the authority of the church. But what was the material cause of the Reformation? Justification, correct. Okay, what does the term justification mean? What does it mean when we say we are justified? It's how God declared a person righteous. Righteous. Yeah, God declares us righteous in his sight. So we are we are justified because God, who is just, has declared us to be justified. Uh, in his sight. So according to Protestants, what is the instrumental cause of justification? What's, what's the reason for our justification? Faith. Faith, right. Justification by faith alone. Sola fide, right. All right, but according to Roman Catholics, what is the instrumental cause of justification? Yeah, but more specifically, it would be, a, in their view, it would be a combination, right, of faith and works, right? So for them, uh, works plays a big part in our justification. All right, uh, before we get into our chapter on our confession, are there any general questions about the, the subject of justification by faith alone? In this chart I missed on the Protestant Reformation side, the opposite of it in here, Catholics, the Roman word in here, I missed what he wrote on the 
trying to remember what he wrote. <laughs> um, I know he wrote the difference between the infusion and the imputation. Right, and also And I'd have to look at the video. I don't remember the word he used. Sorry. But we can look at that again later. Um, let's go ahead and look at our confession. Um, there's a pretty much a whole chapter dedicated to this. So if you have your confessions, you can open them up and follow along. I'm going to be reading chapter 11 of our confession. Chapter 11 is entitled, Of Justification. And it is six paragraphs, but they're not terribly long paragraphs, so I'll go ahead and read through them. And um, as you can see, all, all the paragraphs in our confession are, are very much footnoted with um, scripture verses. I'm not going to read those. That would take a little more time than we have here, but I will go ahead and call them out um, for those who don't have a, a confession and may be listening so they can look up those verses if they wish to kind of see how we get uh, to the confession here on justification, where we see that it's being taught in Scripture, these things. Okay, so chapter 11 of justification, paragraph 1. Those whom God effectually calls, he is also freely justifies, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins, and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteous, not for anything wrought in them, or done by them, but for Christ's sake alone, not by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness, but by imputing Christ's active obedience unto the whole law and passive obedience in his death for their whole and sole righteousness. They receiving and resting on him and his righteousness by faith which faith they have not of themselves. It is the gift of God. So for references, Romans 3, 24, 8, 30, Romans 4, 5, and 8, Ephesians 1, 7, 1 Corinthians 1, 31, 30 and 31, Romans 5, 17 through 19, Philippians 3, 8 and 9, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, John 1, 12, and Romans 5, 17. So paragraph two, faith thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness is the alone instrument of justification, yet is not alone in the person justified, but is, but is ever accompanied with all other saving graces and is no dead faith, but works by love. Romans 3, 28, Galatians 5, 6, James 2, 17, 22, and 26. Paragraph 3, Christ, by his obedience and death, did fully discharge the debt of all those who were justified, and did, by the sacrifice of himself in the blood of his cross, undergoing in their stead the penalty due to them, make a proper, real, and full satisfaction to God's justice in their behalf. Yet, inasmuch as he was given by the Father for them, and his obedience and satisfaction accepted in their stead, and both freely, not for anything in them, their justification is only of free grace, that both the exact justice and rich grace of God might be glorified in the justification of sinners. Hebrews 10, 14, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, 
Isaiah 53, 5 and 6, Romans 8, 32, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Romans 3, 26, Ephesians 1, 6 and 7, and 2, 7. Paragraph 4. God did from all eternity decree to justify all the elect, and Christ did in the fullness of time die for their sins and rise again for their justification. Nevertheless, they are not justified personally until the Holy Spirit does in due time actually apply Christ to them. Galatians 3.8, 1 Peter 1.2, 1 Timothy 2.6, Romans 4.25, Colossians 1, 20, 21 and 22, Titus 3, 4 through 7. Paragraph 5. God continues to forgive the sins of those that are justified, and although they can never fall from that state of justification, yet they may, by their sins, fall under God's fatherly displeasure. And in that condition, they usually do not have the light of his countenance restored to them until they humble themselves, confess their sins, beg pardon, and renew their faith and repentance. Matthew 6, 12, 1 John 1, 7 and 9, John 10, 28. Psalm 89, 31 through 33, Psalm 32, 5, Psalm 51, Matthew 26, 75. And finally, paragraph 6, the justification of believers under the Old Testament was, in all these respects, one and the same with the justification of believers under the New Testament. Galatians 3.9 and Romans 4.22-24. Any questions about what our confession professes that Scripture teaches on justification? Any, uh, any thoughts or just general questions on tonight's topic? Anything we want to look at a little more? Or is it all pretty straightforward? <laughs> Some topics, you know, are scratch your head, and other topics, you know, seems like, yeah, this makes sense. So. <laughs> all right, well, I think it's definitely a helpful session to, to look at one of the most uh, important aspects of what we proclaim Scripture teaches, and that is that our justification is indeed by faith alone, and that uh, the, the only works by which we are saved are the works of Christ. All right, so next time we'll be looking at uh, number 42, Saving Faith. So let's go ahead and wrap it up tonight. Let me, uh, let me pray for us. God, our Father, we again thank you that we have the ability to come together uh, as your people to study your word, to study your truth. We thank you for many resources that you have blessed us with to help further uh, explain your truth. We, we pray that uh, through your Holy Spirit, you, you open and clear our minds that we may understand it better. Um, we pray that uh, if any error is taught, Lord, that we would quickly be uh, corrected by your word. Um, but we do thank you for the freedom uh, to gather to do this. Uh, we ask that you continue to illuminate us through your spirit. Uh, and Lord, I just pray for each of us tonight as we go home. I pray that we arrive home safely and that uh, we continue throughout this week uh, to, to wholly trust in you and to continue to study your word and, and minister to our families uh, through it. And uh, I pray that 
We will uh, look forward to uh, the next Lord's Day when we can once again gather together and praise and worship you, um, our holy, righteous, and just creator, Lord. Uh, We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.